Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know think about the episode. If there's any particular guests or topics you want covered, we're always checking comments on YouTube and love to be able to take your suggestions and then get them onto future episodes. Um, on today's chat, I'm going to be talking with Jordan from Wicked Customs. He was on recently talking about suspension lifts and leveling kits. And there's another part of that, that, that goes hand in hand with it. And that's wheels and tires. So he's going to be on today, answer some of the questions you guys had from the previous podcast. And then I also wanted to ask him about safety and how wheels and tires on the type of wheel, um, the material it's made from the tire ratings, how that factors into things like towing payload and just safety in general. Plus we're going to talk about, avoiding having to trim our fenders, bumpers. So making sure whatever setup we pick fits the best that it can and has minimal, um, you know, fender trimming, if at all ways to be able to avoid that, whether we have a GM, a Ford or, or a Ram truck. So I definitely look forward to chatting with him today. Before we get to it though, I want to remind you, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site wide code for you. If you use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com, you get 20% off site wide. So if you're looking for something for hunting, fishing, EDC, around the job site, around the house. They've definitely got you covered. 2023 has been a huge year for them with releases. And one of the newest ones are the Duralock models. The blade's made out of D2 steel. The way that the blade opens and closes is really smooth. Keeps your fingers away from the blade when you're operating it. And there's different choices for for uh, handle shape uh, and also blade shape. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure, head on over, check them out, and use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Jordan from Wicked Customs and talking about wheel and tire setups. Jordan, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I really enjoyed our, our last chat about uh, lifts, leveling kits, maintaining a lift. There are a lot of great things that you brought up. And uh, I followed up with you a little after that. And he said, hey, a bunch of people had tire and wheel size questions. And I thought, hey, that's another great topic because they go hand in hand with suspensions. And uh like I mentioned on the other podcast, one of the first things we do are wheels, tires, lift, or level. So I thought it'd be great to pick your brain on what people asked you. And then I'm probably going to have some questions too, because I don't know a whole lot about it. Happy to be here, Patrick. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. So what were, what were some of the questions people asked you after our last episode? You know, really it came down to what, how offset works and how picking the right wheel is crucial to the size lift kit that you run. And, um, you know, the order you should think about what you want to do things in, for instance, I, I try to, I try to, uh, instill that you need to know what size tire and wheel you want to run and then pick your lift kit. So offset, what is offset? What is backspacing? What, what are these different widths and, and what, and what's a concave wheel versus a, 
a non-concave wheel or a flat-faced wheel versus a, a complete concave wheel or an inset wheel? These are, these are questions that a lot of people don't know the answers to, and I'm, I'm here to explain all that to you. Yeah, walk me through offset backspacing. I have, I have very little knowledge of what it is or how it pertains to how my truck's going to sit, some issues I might run into. What does it really mean? So I'm going to, I'm going to start this off by saying this is strictly for trucks when it comes to car wheels, which we do some car stuff in our, in our shop as well. Um, this doesn't apply to cars always. So this is going to be strictly trucks and, and lifted or leveled applications I'm going to be speaking to, which is my specialty. Um, so my experience comes from that. So offset is going to be how deep the wheel is from the face of the wheel that you see. So the face of the wheel or the edge of the wheel to the, to where the wheel starts on the inside of the hub. So the, basically some people would look at that, like what's the dish or the depth or the inset. Okay. Those are other words for offset as well. Um, offset is how far the wheel is going to stick out of your fender too. That's another way to gauge that. So for instance, if you see a very popular size 22 by 12 and a negative 44 offset, what that means is that the wheel is 22 inches you know, in diameter. It's going to be 12 inches wide in width. And then the negative 44 is going to be how far the, the dish sticks out and how inset the center of the wheel is in the wheel itself. So Basically, when you see negative 44, every truck's going to stick out a little differently because of the axles and the width and whatnot. But most of the time, that means at least three inches outside of your fender. And if you, it's in millimeters. So you can go ahead and do the conversion and do all that stuff. But they're talking about strictly wheel, too. So even if you run a 12-inch wide wheel, you could run a 1350 tire on that. And it's going to stick out a whole nother, you know, three-quarters of an inch in bulge. You have to remember that wheel companies only give you the offset of the wheel, not the offset of the tire mounted to the wheel. So you have to think of that too. So now you have a bulge tire over the edge of the wheel. Think about it like a gut hanging over your belt. And then from there, you have the wheel as well that sticks out. So it might stick out four and a quarter inches, which is going to affect your turning radius if you don't have enough lift. Now, backspacing is another, is another term that's used by wheel companies. And it's not that important with lifted trucks as much as it is with lowered vehicles or vehicles that are tucking tires like a muscle car or something that's tubbed. But backspacing is when you can take the wheel and put it on its face and you're looking at the back of the wheel. And I got an example here, this little wheel. And what you're going to do is you're going to measure from this point to the edge of this wheel and that's backspacing. So okay. wherever the flat part where the wheel touches the axle inside of the hub to the edge of this wheel is, you know, it could be four and a half inches. It could be four and three quarter inches. We see a lot of four and a half to five inch in the off-road truck world. The more positive offset the wheel is, the more backspacing you're, you're potentially going to have because the wheel doesn't stick out as much. So you have more inset wheel. So the two things you got to know with lifted trucks are, you know, width, that's important. And the other thing is going to be how, how much offset the wheel has. Backspacing, unless you've got some crazy Brembo brake setup or a big brake setup that's not normal, a straight axle conversion that's got some weird stuff going on, or the newest one is a 19 plus Chevy 1500 with a with a quad piston. In it. Um, those are those need a lot of backspacing because it has to clear the, the the caliper itself. That's a that's the only truck you'd have to worry about that with. But most trucks have backs enough backspace enough we enough enough room in them to have just about any backspacing you want. So I wouldn't worry too much about backspacing if you're gonna do if you're going to do an off-road or a truck wheel 
offset is way more important as far as like the stance of the truck and how the truck is going to handle on the road and how it's going to turn and how much you have to trim or maybe not trim or maybe lift up or not lift your truck. That's important. So I see how this all, I see how this fits together. So if I was, if I lived in Florida or drove my truck out there and maybe I saw some pictures on your Instagram of trucks you guys had done, I would have to tell you right at the start, I like this wheel. I like how it sits. I like how it, you know, sticks out from the fender, maybe barely or a lot or whatever it is. And then from there, you're going to tell me, Patrick, this is what you need to do for your suspension to be able to clear this, have the the road manners, the drivability that you want. As a wheel salesman in my shop, I try to keep it as layman terms as possible. My first question is, is how much do you want to stick out? And there's a lot of people that want to do, they want to stick out a ton. They want the wheels looking like they're out of the fenders halfway. Okay, cool. That's going to be a negative 44 to a negative 76 offset. There's a lot of gentlemen that are in their 40s and even 50s that don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to clean the truck. They want that nice sport stance that are an inch out. So we might do a 22 by 10 with a negative 25 offset or a zero offset to stick out just a little bit, just up, just to poke out of the fender. So I mean, those things are important. I try to ask my clients, you know, that how far do you want to stick out? And then how tall do you want the truck to be? Because you have to have the perfect mixture, kind of like making a mixed drink or, or making anything, um, you know, in food wise, you can't put a ton of salt and not have a, a bunch of flour. Let's say you know, I'm not a chef, but regardless, you can't do certain things with certain things or it doesn't mix. It's like oil and water. So, I mean, it's, there's a, there's an art to it. And then there's the guys that screw it up. And those are the guys that buy wheel spacers, wheel adapters, or they have the hell, the hell out of the, the the crazy amount of cutting that they have to do to their truck to make something work, because they thought it would work, or nobody explained offset to them. I mean, there isn't there isn't a week that goes by where somebody doesn't ask me to put a fourteen wide on a leveling kit. I mean, I, it, it, I understand the look and everything, but the offset doesn't match any truck without anything less than a six inch lift on it. And even then, to fit a good tire on it, you have to go a little bit bigger. Offset's so key. When it comes to turning radius, U-turns, and overall drivability, I try to let my customers know that it's kind of like buying a pair of shoes that doesn't fit. It might be cool the first week or two, but after that, you're you're tired of that. It, your feet are blistered. You're tired of planning out that you can't walk here or walk there with these shoes that are too big for you. And then you end up hating them, and they go to the back of your closet because you wanted something cool, but they didn't have your size, or maybe it was just the only way you could get it. That's the same way wheels and tires are. You buy this big-ass wheel and tire, and you don't know how to clear it. You don't know what you bought. They look great in the driveway, but the first time you turn you turn the wheel and it rips off your bumper or takes a chunk out of your tire, you're going to be upset. I promise that's going to happen. And most people, most wheel companies don't talk about that. They just talk about selling the wheel. They gotta, you know, you got to feel out, feel out the customer and see what they want and see what they're getting into. At this point, like we talked about in our last podcast, there are more new new wheel and custom truck uh, customers than there ever had been. So there's a bunch of inexperience out there. And you've got guys like yourself that don't know, or maybe a guy like that's brand new to the truck industry, and he has no idea, and you sell him a 14 wide or a 12 wide, it don't fit. Or he comes in and you've cut up his $90,000 truck. Definitely an issue. Definitely something that, that, that people get turned off about. Yeah. Well, that's... I think I'd mentioned it when we were <clears throat> chatting before on the other podcast, but like my focus has always kind of been with 
the engine, the transmission, what turbo am I going to run? What size injectors? What am I going to do for, you know, the CP3, like a stroker CP3 or dual CP3 setup and, you know, traction bars. Cause I like to have a little bit of fun with it. And I didn't really ever focus on suspension wheels and tires. And I, I remember I had picked a set of wheels um, for this Cummins that I had. I loved how it looked. Absolutely loved it. I think I put them on late summer. And then once it snowed and I drove and they stuck out a little bit and I just flung snow and mud <laughs> all over the roof, yep. all over the windows. I thought, man, this sucks. I, I hated having to clean it. Um, but I didn't know. So I made that mistake and then had to buy a different set. So I think it's really important. Uh, like you mentioned, there's so many new truck owners or enthusiasts who say, All right, I've already done the performance stuff. I already did my race truck phase. It's my other vehicle. I tow it places. I want something nice. And it's kind of the same thing. Like if you buy the wrong turbo, you're going to have to buy mm-hmm. another one. If you buy the wrong injectors, you're going to have to buy another one. The same thing with mm-hmm. this. Yeah, the, the mixture has to be perfect. And, you know, talking about your experience with, you know, not knowing and, and the same thing happens here in rainy season in Florida. It rains. And, and if you have a black truck, it's getting on the whole truck. I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's on the guy next to you's truck, too. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, with offset wheels is they do come with a cost. And that's uh, lower quarter panels are salt and peppered pretty, pretty easily. And you got to live with that or you have to use that clear protection film. And even then. That stuff doesn't doesn't always work forever. Um, it's important that you know the the ramifications of going wide, but it looks so cool on most trucks. Trucks look good when they're stanced outright, and when they have the right stance, they not only they not only draw eyes, they function properly. And I always say that function word. It's like written in my in my DNA. Everything functioned, and and like if you have a truck like outside, for instance, I have a, a straight axle GMC. 2500 and it's on 21 inches of lift that truck needs 42s and 16 wides for stability purposes yeah you could probably do it on a 12 or 14 inch kit but it won't work as well and i can't make a u-turn in that truck without cutting the hell out of my fenders so i mean what works for that truck what works for that build super important just like your performance stuff you can't buy a big turbo and not be able to fuel it and you can't buy a huge amount of ejector and not be able to pull and pull air and push it through. I mean, if that's not the same kind of basis as what we do, I don't know what is, you know, that's a great example. And I think a lot of my mistakes have come from, or my learning has come from mistakes I've made. I've, I've messed up so many, you know, offsets and so many builds where I've had to take, you know, wheels back over the last 20 years and sell them to somebody else. I mean, there's so much of a learning curve that there's just not a book out there for it. I talked about that the last time you have to learn by example, so when you're picking wheels and you're going to, uh, you know, buy wheels, buying them online, if you know exactly what you need, great idea. But if you're, if you, I always try to preach to people to buy your wheels and tires locally so that your the, the local shop has some skin in the game and they can give you some feedback. There's also guys like me who have been in this industry for 20 plus years and we go, you know, this isn't going to work. I mean, I, I, I say that a lot to people when I sell suspension lifts on the phone, when they call me. I want 40s and an eight inch lift and a super duty. Well, I don't, I mean, you have to do a lot of, of trimming, but there's so many outlets now to see it, it work on Instagram on a still photo. But if you don't look at the corner of that dude's fender, like right over in the corner where he's covered <laughs> it up perfectly with his wheel, I can tell almost every picture that doesn't work. And when I point it out, I'm like, that dude's missing half his fender, or half his inner fender, you know, but it's, it's one of those deals again, like, is it worth doing some things like the shit? Chevy uh, 2015 to 2019 
2,500 Chevys, they look, look amazing on 12-inch wide wheels and 33s, but it requires cutting. It, but it looks good. The circumstance is good. The offset is good. You could go with a 10 wide, but that wheel don't look right. If you're willing to take the circumstance of cutting the truck a little bit, that 12 wide and that 33 look great together. You know, but if you don't want the width, do an 11 wide. And uh, like American Force has a 22 by 11. That's the most mechanically correct wheel ever. It's got a ton of backs. It's got a ton of back pad to put weight on. And then it's got a, a good amount of dish and it only sticks out an inch, you know, but it's one of the best wheels in terms of like mechanical balancing and being on the truck and high and high um high mile per hour you know you could do a hundred in one of those with one of those tires on our wheels on and you could you could actually balance it and that's another thing too is you know buying the right wheel for the truck and uh buying the right size and knowing what you're getting into there's so many questions i would i would have because i'm thinking if i was in the market for a wheel and tire setup and I know that either leveling kit or lift is, you know, would be factored into that. I need to see it. Like I would have no idea if I just go on a website and I'm looking at different dimensions and, and specifications, how it's going to look. So I need to, I need to kind of see it. So is that where you find a lot of people or maybe the kind of questions you got after our last podcast was, Hey, I've got this year truck. I'm thinking about doing this. Do you have any pictures of this or can I see what it would look like um, you know, to be able to understand? Thank God for iPhones. <laughs> um, I have 36,000 pictures on this iPhone and it's just years and years in the, in iCloud and everything of, of experience. And you're absolutely right. Combinations are super important. Can I see a four inch kit with 24s and 35s with a, you know, 14 wide, right? Okay. Yeah, I can show you that. But here, I, I also take pictures of the cutting that has to be done when you do that. So you know what you're getting into. Um, one thing that I that I thought about when you were when you were talking about that was seeing the, the 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 rendering of the wheel online. Most wheels that are pictured online are renderings; they're digital drawings of the wheel. So what you end up seeing online is the best version of that wheel. Wheel companies aren't dumb; they're not gonna they're not gonna make they're not gonna put their twenty inch wheel on there that has a shorter spoke and that doesn't look quite as flashy. They're going to put a picture of their 24 on there, 26 inch on there and sell you on that wheel and the look. And then you get it. And the spoke was supposed to be like that long. And the 20 inch ends up being that long because that's what happens. The center has to stay the same. So when you're when you want to see the wheel in, in reality, the best way to do that is to look it up on Instagram, look it up on Google and look for real pictures of the wheel in that size. So what I do is if I'm curious, right, like. I'll give you an example. American Force. Most of their wheels pictured on their website are, are renderings of 24-inch wheels. I'll go on Google, and if I have a customer that wants a 20 by 12, if I don't have a picture of it, I'm going on Google, and I'm typing in 20 by 12, uh, let's say, uh, American Force Nemesis. I'm going to look that wheel up and notice that the forks on that wheel are probably two inches shorter, two and a half inches shorter than a 24 inch. So you can see the real wheel and the look of that wheel actually is entirely different. So it's not false advertising. It's just the way that the wheel industry has always been for 20 years. It's been like that. I learned that hard lesson once with a, with a girl that came in here looking at a, a pro comp wheel and she was sold on a 20 inch pro comp wheel and she, but she wanted it in 17 inch. I was so young. I mean, I was 21 when I did this. It was probably 2006, 2007. And um, she came in and got the 17s, and they didn't look anything like she pictured. So 
that's something also to be careful of when you're on online looking at wheels. Look at the real wheel and look at the people's real stuff. I try to post good specs on my Instagram account so that people can look at what I'm doing and see the wheel and just ask questions. And if you if you see a digital picture of a wheel, it's probably a 24 or 26 inch at this point. That's what most wheel companies are showing. And it's because it looks good. And, you know, I wouldn't show, I mean, I would, I, I, if I was a wheel company and I was showing wheels off, I would like to see every size, but that's not possible. The dually wheels now, that's the, that's the worst one because they're a 10 lug wheel. So that design looks like amazing in 26 inch. And then you get it in a 22 and the wheel is totally different. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. So dually wheels are the most misunderstood and mislooked at wheel design out there. So make sure you've seen that wheel in in person, not in person, but in reality on a truck on either Google or on Instagram or something before you buy it, because you got to make sure that what you're buying is what you're actually getting. And it's always cool too. Like I ask, I'll ask, uh, you know, my salesmen for real pictures too, and they have them too, where they can see and show you what a 22 inch looks like or a 22 by 12 looks like in this wheel. That's important. I mean, ha- that just like you said, when you're out, there's a sea of wheels to look at and they're showing their best looking wheels. So make sure you see that for sure. That's that's a real important thing. You don't want to be deceived on accident. And again, you know, again, it's it's just part of what the industry is doing and what they have been doing for 20 years. And it obviously works. And that's cool. But you have to learn. I learned because I had to take back a bunch of wheels that I didn't want to, but the customer wasn't happy with them when she saw them or he saw them in person. So that could be you too. But when it's online, it's harder to return them than it is if you're buying them in person at a shop. There's skin in the game. There's a, there's a relationship. There's a handshake. To me, local business and tires and wheels go hand in hand. That's always a good thing. That really makes a lot of sense to me because I'm thinking kind of from my performance perspective where there's these combinations at work. You have this data, you have liters per minute, you have um, you know tur- turbo inducer size, exhaust housings. You have sort of these recipes that will get pretty close to a power level you want to hit. So if you have like 650 horse in mine or 750 or whatever it is, there's these recipes for it. But when Mm -hmm. I think about wheels, tires, how something looks, it's so subjective to the person, even myself, what I might think looks good. Someone else might not, or what they think looks great. I might not like it. And so I see how I would need to rely on a, a source with experience. And I would really need to spend more time on this than I would picking my turbocharger. I think I'd probably spend more time picking my power level than I would the recipe for parts. But when it comes to wheels and tires, like we're chatting about, I would really need to lean on somebody that knows what they're doing, can show me they have, you know, an Instagram page or something like that, where I can see how mm-hmm. you know, does this look on the super duty, this Duramax, this Ram truck. Otherwise it's just, if you don't like how something looks, it just, it's like it nags you every single time you see it and it just eats at you and eats at you and you, you got to change it. I always, uh, I always like to talk to when I'm talking to people, one of my closing, I would say my closing sales pitches is that you're buying the result. The parts are free. So really what you're doing is you're buying the result that I'm giving you that I'm telling you you're going to get. And the parts are just kind of going to be there and going to be free. That's what I always try to try to relate to people with, you know, when you're buying something from someone and you build a relationship with them. Their, your word is your bond to that to that person and or that customer. And if you don't have that bond with somebody or you're just buying them off a computer or you're buying them from some drop shipper, that's cool and everything if you know exactly what you need down to the part number. 
But if you don't know what you need, you need to either a rely on somebody that has experience or that has quite a portfolio of doing this and doing this correctly, or B, you need to go somewhere local or maybe even travel somewhere that has more experience. There's a lot of really good wheel guys out there. We're not a dime a dozen, but we're definitely out there. And I would consider myself a good wheel guy. I try to tell the truth with everything. And I say try because sometimes I'm, I, I'm going off a of math and I'm going off of things I've never done before. And if it makes sense on paper, great, but it doesn't always make sense when I actually put it on the truck. Um, then I learn and I have to back my words up and I have to say, well, you know, this 12 wide or 14 wide didn't work quite as good as I wanted to. We're going to have to do the 12, but you know, admitting your mistakes is a lot better than just saying, well, it's your problem now. So uh, finding a good place, finding a good, a good trustworthy source to get wheels from and tires from humongous. Most of the time when I get calls after sales for lift kits, it's usually because something's wrong with the tires. I can't tell you how many times a week I explain to people how you balance dually wheels. That's an art that is just forgotten, apparently. And there's a certain amount of ways to do it. But the way that I do it seems to work the best way. And I have to explain that to a lot of people. You have to have specialized equipment to, to be able to do that. And most of the time they call me because they think that their truck is shaking because of our suspension lift. And that's not ever the case. It's more along the lines of, you know, you either picked a wheel and tire that didn't work with the truck very well or didn't work together very well. There's some tires I would never put on a dually. There's some wheels I would never put on a dually. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, the trust factor, again, trust the person you're buying them from that's going to be able to guide you through it and be able to help you through any kind of issues. And that's why I say go local more than going online for your wheels and tires, because there's some there's a personal skin in the game and you have to actually show up and say, hey. You got to make this right. We got to do something about this. And most businessmen like myself are going to look at you and go, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned tires because I was thinking, well, after talking about suspensions and leveling kits and now talking <laughs> about wheels, my mind immediately went to what tires would I run? And I, I, I know this could be a whole podcast by itself. So I'm kind of just <laughs> yeah. throwing it to you out of left field. But <laughs> tires are tires are a big a big thing. That's a there's a lot to talk about there. Did well either what kind of questions did, did people ask you after our last one, or what are things you would tell me to think about after I tell you the wheel that I like? You say, yeah, Patrick, that'll work with your truck, and we don't have to trim, or it's very minimal. We got my suspension dialed in. Where, how do you direct me on the tire side now? Well, we go back to the combination thing you talk about with your performance, right? You got to buy the right turbo, buy the right injectors, buy the, have the right intercooler, right? Those three things make a difference with, with lift kits too. So you have buying the right tire, buying the right wheel, and having the right lift kit. So going into this, if, you, if you're going to find the wheel, you found the wheel you like, you know what lift kit I suppose you want to run um, tire-wise. First thing you got to think about with tires is how much does your truck weigh? What do you do with it? Okay, my truck is a, let's give an example. Let's go Ford because I love Ford. 2019 F-250, 6.7 diesel. We're going to do a 24 uh, by 12. We're going to do a 35 and a four inch lift. What 35 do I want to run? Well, one, do you tow? That's a huge thing. Two is, uh, do you go off road? Do you use it for job site work? Are you strictly on road going to the grocery store looking cool? What are you doing with the truck? Okay, well, I'm doing job site work. I'm hauling a bobcat, and I use it to take my kids to uh, amusement parks on the weekends. Okay, great. So we need uh, a semi a semi mud terrain, like a hybrid, like a 
an RT or something that a real popular tire right now is a Nitto Ridge Grappler. We need something like that. Second thing we need to pay attention to is the load index. Is the load index good enough? Now we might, you might have not have heard of a load index as much as you hear of load range. Load range is great, but load index is where the is where the real numbers are. Um, there's a gentleman from to- Toyo Tires, Sonny, that taught me about load index and how important it is to look at load index. And, and those are actual numbers that the, that the tire can take. And those are tires. Those are in. Those are actual um, guidelines to to what the tire can can haul and can can do uh, as a whole at, at at its maximum level. So, for instance, we would want to do a load range F on that truck because he's hauling a Bobcat. We would want to do a Ridge Grappler because the truck's going to go on job site. It's also going to be on road, so we don't want to knobby it up too much and have an uncomfortable road noise or or have a, a tire that's a little more choppy on the low end. You know, these things can be had by just looking at what you're doing with the truck and then picking the correct tire. Uh, there are wheel choices there, too. For instance, if we're doing a, a 24 by 12 on a Duramax with a leveling kit, we kind of have to run 33s or maybe a 35 on a 2020, uh, 2020 plus with the right with the right you know trimming and modification. But if we do that, we really in a 24, we really only have a few choices of tires to run because everything is so is the loader index is so low. It's really just meant to haul the truck. Now, there are guys that I know that haul the shit out of their trucks with tires that they shouldn't. That is like driving around with a pin halfway out of a grenade. If that tire blows, it's going to be a bad day. you got to trust the tires. That's where the rubber beats the road, the oldest saying probably in the automotive history. That's important. It's really important. Wheels the same way, too. If you buy a wheel that doesn't have a weight capacity, it's going to crack. It's not even a question. It's not a matter. It's a matter of when. So you got to look at the the wheel as well. There are a lot of wheels that are not created equally. So you have wheels that have a a load a load rating of like twenty eight hundred pounds, and then there's some that can take thirty five hundred pounds. You'll notice that the more negative offset the wheel is, the less the load rating is going to be, unless the wheel company has made that wheel correctly, which there are a few that do that. There are a lot of them that just kind of throw baloney against the wall and hope it sticks. That's how it works, and I'm not I'm I'm not a uh, I understand it. Um, I, I kind of steer my customers away from it, but with my mindset and the engineering background I have, I can see that most people don't have that there, but trusting the guy to say no and holding to it instead of getting a sale is really important too. I say no to a lot of people because I don't want to have to read about you in the newspaper or see you on Instagram flipped over. I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt your kids. I don't want to hurt you. So picking the right tire, picking the right wheel is just as important as picking the right uh, the right tool for the job. It's so important. And if you don't, there's a, there's going to be a problem. I mean, I, uh, you know, again, I, I'll give you another example, low profile tires and heavy duty trucks have kind of been a popular thing. Have you noticed the stanced out trucks where mm-hmm. they've got the rubber bands on 24s and that's, that's cool at all. But if you hook something up to that, that tire was meant to be on an SUV and it's stretched out beyond, I mean, 305, 45, 22s, were huge for a while in 22 by 12s and 22 by 14s they stretch them and they look like a pyramid they're like that they're barely making it uh i think that's i think that's kind of related to the hella stand i believe it's called no it's stanced cars i believe it was where they stretch the tire out real far and and it's great because like forge wheels you know you can pop a you can pop a rubber band on one of those things and it'll hold air but eventually the beetle break off of it you hit the right pothole you hit the right thing, you haul the right amount of weight, you do the right thing, that tire is just going to collapse on itself or it's or it's going to destroy itself from the inside out because it's only a six ply. You, you got to know that 
not every tire can hold a 2,500, 3,500 truck. It's just not possible. Now, Nitto has made some real great advances and come out with a 420B that has a 10-ply rating and a 12, even a 12-ply rating. So they have some low-pro tires that are like that, but they're still 34 and 36 inches. They're not super low-pro, but you know, it's it's you have to have the right foundation, the right tire, the right specifications. Paying attention to weight capacity and not so much the letter like load range F or load range E. Those things are important to know, but load index and maximum weight capacity, and then compare it to your factory wheel weight and look at it and go, is this right? Is this close? Is it over or is it under? And then basically transforming your truck into, if you're going to put a lesser load rated tire on there, don't haul what you think you can haul with it. You have to pay attention to that. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that you have to almost downgrade your truck if you're going to go with a certain size tire. And if you've got a diesel that you don't do anything with, and it's just there for vanity, great. I'm, I'm awesome with that. I got a lot of people that do that. You can do whatever you want with it then, but the only thing you really have to worry about is motor weight at that point, keeping the air pressure up. I'm really glad, glad that you brought that up because I think safety is something that can almost it's be overlooked. overlooked. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. overlooked, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's more so about how does it look? <clears throat> Can I get you know the appearance that I want? But I don't know how much the safety part comes up. But I mean, we've all seen the videos on Instagram of horrible things that happen with trucks. You don't know how it happens. You just see, you know, something that took place, and you think of, you know, if you're hauling something, you have your family with you, and taking that into account as you're planning your wheel, tire, suspension setup, will it work for how I'm going to use my truck? You know, I I see it a lot. And it, and it sickens me. It makes me sad because every time that happens, that's one more reason that they don't want us to do this shit to our trucks. And it's because of poor choices. And it bothers me because I don't want our industry to die or get, or get regulated because some, because people can't understand that you're not using the right stuff on the truck. And yes, it might go on there. Yes. It might fit. Yeah. The, your brother might've done it or he might've done this or this guy on Instagram does that. There's so many people that'll do the wrong thing. It's, it's like anything, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy for it to get shut down. I mean, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I don't know how DOT works, but I would imagine as, as much as I, I, I as much as other people would. But I would imagine that if you were hauling, let's just say a Bobcat, and you got pulled over by DOT, and your tires were this, you know, little profile, I'm sure that dude's going to look at that and see that the number on that tire, what 1,900 pounds, doesn't even come close to the factory tire weight, and that's a safety thing. I mean, I can't, I can't be upset about that. I mean, I would rather them stop it than it blow out and the dude swerve into me or my family. I mean, it's it's important that we make the right choices, not just for ourselves or our own trucks, but also um, for the people next to us, the people around us that are collateral damage to the choices we make. Um, you know, running a 40 or something, okay, I get that. Run a height if you want, cool. But make sure that tire can haul the weight that you're going to haul. And if you can't haul the weight with that tire, don't don't haul weight with that truck. You know, have a show truck. That's cool with me. I mean, if you want a truck that is just for show, 
wonderful but make sure you have like you have winter tires for your truck you at one point i'm sure have a set of tires that you haul with we have an yeah. suv that we have 20 we have 26s for and it's a it's a big suv but it's they're rubber bands on it and it looks really cool but if we're gonna go somewhere we put the factory tires and wheels back on it because we don't want to damage the 26s so you know that's something that you may want to do if you have that that ability to be able to just swap your tires on. It's important that you plan for that. If you're going to run a setup that isn't quite up to par, or like you were saying is you're not one to overlook safety, but you also want to look cool when you're, when you're not using the truck for what it's meant to be used for. I mean, there are very functional truck setups out there on forties that haul weight. I mean, I've put pictures on my Instagram and on my social media, even on my website, I'll show people that you can haul and do things with trucks with 12 inches of lift that you can do now. But that's how we set them up. When we build those trucks, we set them up for the absolute maximum it can possibly haul so that we don't take away from it. And if I do build a truck that, which is very uncommon, but if I do build a truck that is that is for something that is not, let's say it's for just driving around, I'll make sure that customer knows that it's beaten to his mind that you are not supposed to haul with this setup. And we used to have to do that with these low pro tire setups where we would do 420s on people's trucks and I'd say, hey, you know, don't haul anything. Or if I knew the guy, if he was local, I'd say that bobcat you got or that that skid steer you got, you ain't gonna haul that anymore. And if you do, you're gonna you're gonna hurt something or somebody or or even your truck or yourself. I mean, it's just not a good idea. You know, paying attention to that thing, that those little details are so important with customizing. We want to customize responsibly, but at the same time, um, you know, we don't wanna we don't wanna customize to the point where it's so responsible it looks like shit either. There's a little bit of, of danger with everything, but controlling it and knowing that you're putting the best quality product you can on there, that's where it's at. I mean, I, I mean, there's some of the best things I've seen fail. I've seen Toyo tires fail. I've seen American force wheels fail. I've seen the cheapest stuff fail. I've seen, I've seen some things that have happened to things that shouldn't happen, but you know, regardless, those companies back up their product and for that chance that it does happen, it's usually something like with a defector or maybe low air pressure at one point, or maybe the, the the wheel itself had a had a stress crack from an impact. I've seen plenty of that. So, I mean, paying attention to those things and making sure that you pick the right products for what you're doing with your truck, super important. Absolutely. Don't overlook safety for, for, for looks. I think that's the, what I'm thinking. <clears throat> I'm kind of looking at both episodes we did the one we did last time and then this one and combining them together because they go hand in hand yeah it kind of um, goes hand in hand because i keep saying function <laughs> i always say function that's my big thing and that's how we build our kids <laughs> <laughs> well they it leads I, I liked how you mentioned that there's almost this line you have to approach where you know we talked about the bad side of it like a blowout something horrible happening but then also the positive side and that's in being able to design or pick the right parts pick the right setup to have the capability while also still having the look or the personalization that you want and i kind of go back to what you said earlier i need somebody that i can lean on and trust to do that because i i'm not qualified to pick all this stuff out and know can i do this or is it safe or you know will this work so again i need to lean on somebody that does have the knowledge because i don't want to be you know i don't want to damage my truck or hurt somebody else or myself or anything like that with my setup. But how can I do this the right way? And I think that's where the expertise comes in. You got to pay for that too. I mean, you know, there's, there's places that, you know, you go to and you buy wheels and tires that you want or like, and that works. You buy lift kit there that works, but expertise is expensive. 
I mean, would you you're paying for somebody's experience more than you're paying for the product? Is is this going to work? Is this combination of things going to work? That's with anything. I mean, stereo equipment, audio, audio and video stuff. It's a performance. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. You need to to lean on somebody that knows what they're doing, and go. This is your responsibility with what I'm going to give you. So if I'm going to buy all this from you, you got to back it up. And it's super important. I tell that to people on the phone. I, I, I said this before. My word is my bond to my customers. If I tell you something's going to work, and for example, every every time I sell a four-inch lift to a guy with an F450, I tell him 37s, 24s, and a four-inch lift. And the first thing he says is, can I hook up to my camper, my fifth wheel? And I tell him, not only do I have probably 200 pictures of every camper you can imagine underneath <laughs> one of those, it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, you are going to call me. And I'm going to make sure that we make it work one way or the other, whether we go with the smaller lift or we go with a, 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 a different setup, there's, there's going to be something. My word is my bond to my customers. And even that's on the phone because more than likely most of the clients that I've done business with on the phone, I've never met. I've never had a face to face with. So I, my word to them is everything. So what I'm saying, what I'm preaching to them has got to work because they're just going to, they're going to call me back and I'm not the type of dude to dodge phone calls. I, I don't do that. So I, I take it for face value, but you know there are companies out there that are that are going to say things that you know they saw something work on on somewhere or somebody said something that that works. And there's so many people selling stuff out there now, and so many easy ways to drop ship. You really don't know who you're talking to. So looking at their 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 portfolio, which is social media now, um, looking at that and seeing all the followers, seeing how they respond to things, and meeting the person you're talking to, whether it's me or you call up a, a wholesaler or or something you know, like a, like a big wheel and tire and, and, and lift cup company that sells just parts. You know, you, let's say you're talking to a guy named Caleb, get, you know, get to know what he drives, figure out what it's about, ask him his opinion, and then make sure you get his extension number or a way to contact him or go down to the shop. You like that. See what's in their parking lot, see how they handle their business. It's so important to look at things at face value and not look at things for what they cost as much. I mean, yeah, you could save money and pick things out and go here and go there and save 50 or 100 or even $1,000. But if you don't know what you want, you're going to end up losing it in the end. So getting to know somebody, getting to know the salesman, get going somewhere locally and, and talking to somebody and leaning on them, like you would say, so important in this business, so important. Because if you don't get that combo right, it is going to be a nightmare and it's going to be a waste of money. And that's that's not a good thing either because then we, we all lose clients. If you listen to this and you're a shop, you got to give good advice. You know, that's another thing. Let's look at this from the shop owner or the shop salesman perspective. You have to give good advice. I know most of you guys are on commission. I know most of you guys are trying to make every dollar you can, but cutting the truck up or putting the wrong wheels and tires on or doing what the customer wants. It's always kind of a weird thing to me because what the customer wants may not always be the best thing for you in the future. It may work right down today, but there might be a huge liability in six months you know, whether the customer has an issue, whether he, you know, there's a lawsuit involved or God forbid he gets hurt, something happens. There's always something back there. So, you know, if you, if you just be straight up with people and say, Hey, this isn't going to work, or this is going to, this is how I would do it or refuse the work or B take the work on, but with serious written liability on an invoice that saves a lot of people. Cause once you write it down, it's funny how people will change their mind when you see, then they see it wrote down on an invoice you know, they see it there. That means you're serious. You're not just giving them a line of shit. You're actually telling them that this is on paper. And if this has a problem, it's your issue. So shops doing the right thing responsibly, super important too. Um, that, from that side of view, I, I really don't want to lose customers and I never want to see regulation on our industry. 
Uh, there's already enough bullshit with regulation. We don't need to see that. We're already doing what we love, and let's not let's not get caught doing what we love and and get and have the government get involved. And next thing you know, we can't do any of the stuff we want to do anymore. That's yeah. just not cool. Do the right things. I think that'll resonate a lot with shops and then truck owners as well, because in other parts of automotive, more on the performance side, we've talked about it on this podcast probably two dozen times about regulations and and things like that. So I think that approach is is uh you know spot on i was thinking of, of something and this is probably isn't for the really big lift kits or it might just be a leveling kit but i wanted to ask you which truck is the most difficult or the easiest to be able to do a wheel tire combo on and not have to trim and the reason i asked this is because i mentioned that ram that i had i threw those wheels and tires on as perfect nothing didn't need to trim anything well, later on down the road, I got a Duramax and I put on, you know, different uh, wheel tires set up and I loved how it looked. I go to leave the parking lot and I'm like, what's this crunching sound when I turn? Oh, I got to turn learned. the fenders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I learned real quick. So I was thinking of someone who's out there, maybe they don't have a truck right now. Maybe they're looking for one and they think, you know, is there one I need to, should I be aware of ones that are really difficult? Like I think a GM first and maybe I'm wrong, but I think just the will well shape and everything that one might be the toughest, but I wanted to ask your opinion on it. You're right about that. Uh, let's start with the, let's start with the worst. Um, most people learn real quick about GM. You're absolutely right. They have these huge wheel arches and they look great on wide wheels, obviously. And they look, they always look like you could put bigger tires on them. Always. It's, it's such a, it's such a, an illusion. Um, that's a truck that's tough. If you go into uh, um, a build with a GM truck and you don't want to cut, you are going to have small tires. Not a question. Not a question about it. Get used to having the 45 degree look, which means you're going to be able to look at that truck from 11 o'clock, let's say on a clock. That you know, truck being at 12, and you're going to be at 11. That truck's going to look amazing at that. But as soon as you go to nine o'clock or 90 degrees to that truck, it's going to look like you put a baby or a, let's say a a power wheel wheel tire on a big truck. <laughs> That's what it takes if you don't want to cut. So with GMs, I tell every customer that comes through, there is a mount there, and my instruction manuals also have cutting instructions into them because I tell everyone that it is worth cutting a GMC simply because they look so good on certain wheel and tire setups. So you have to have an open mind. Now I'm not saying to cut from the top of the fender all the way down to the bottom. That is a freaking mistake. I almost said the wrong word there. That was that. That's that's a huge mistake because I'm so passionate about not doing that. That it's called. The, I believe it's called the uh, NorCal trim. If now, no offense to any North Cal North Californians by any means, but boy, that trim is uh, it's gotten bigger and bigger over the years. And um, that trim. I'm not saying do that, but I am saying that a, a fender flare modification or an inner fender or fender pinning always a good thing. But don't take your saws on. Just go to town. Do a meat slicer. Take off little tiny pieces of it first and then turn the wheel. Rule of thumb is you want about an inch and a half of clearance between the tire and the fender at full lock because your suspension is going to travel and the tire is this big and it's at its max. Let's think of this wheel here. The, the wheel is, this, is at its maximum. The tire is at its maximum right in the middle. So when you get up higher on the lift, the wheel doesn't go into the fender quite as much. So when you articulate this center of this, of this wheel and tire, is, is at its width, it's going to go up into that fender and turn and hit your fender. So rule of thumb is, you know, you want about an inch and a half when you're on flat ground turning all the way to see if you need to rub or not. Now you can still get into some shit 
and, and rub the fender pretty badly. If you don't take a turn with some finesse, that's part of the lifted truck game. But, you know, when it comes to GM, it looks so good cut that I would do it, but I wouldn't go extreme. I compare it to surgery. Like, are we going to go like go into your knee and clean it up? Or are we going to do a full knee replacement? And some trucks I've seen are full knee replacements, boy, 35s, 37s on 12 wides and like a six inch lift. God damn, that looks terrible. We make a product called a bumper spacer that we patented in uh, 2015. And what we do is we space the bumper forward so that you don't have to cut your bumper. Thing is, I can move the bumper, but I can't move the fender. The only thing I can do is remove pieces of the fender. Now, if you want to remove ounces or pounds is your choice. I only like to remove ounces if I have to. So GM, get used to cutting. That's just the name of the game. If you go, if you're going to go to a shop with a GM and you're going to say no cutting, get used to the little tire look. Now, um, the other two, Ford and, and Ram, those two are those two are really great to work with. They're almost the same. Ram and Ford have the biggest fenders in the industry. Uh, com- I can't say which one is bigger or better. I can only tell you that both of them can clear some pretty good tires and wheels with very little to no uh, fender modification. But I will say this. Ram and Ford owners seem to want to put the widest wheels they can on their trucks and and just kind of make things happen or cut the steering back so they can't turn all the way. It's kind of a strange thing where GM guys will cut the crap out of their trucks normally and Ford and Ram guys don't want to cut anything, but they, they don't want it to rub either, but they'll run these wheels and tires that are absurdly wide. But if you want the, the easiest truck to tire and wheel, a Ram or a Ford, you almost can't go wrong with on a 35 and a 12 wide on like a a four inch lift or even a leveling kit in some cases, it's just, it's the easiest truck to do. So if you want to stay away from something that's complex, stay away from the, the GM. If you want to go the easy route where you can pretty much not, you can pretty much guarantee you won't screw it up if you go with Ram or Ford. Um, There's also one other, one other, um, you know, corner to this. And that's if you have a really good body guy. And what I mean by that, there's not a lot of good body guys anymore. Those guys are like in the wind, it seems like, or they're like, it's like a lost art. And what was happening for a long time when I was younger in my 20s was that these good body guys would actually reshape the fenders on GMs. They would take that fender and they would move it back like almost an inch and they would reshape the fender, move it in. They would bend the bumper over into a different spot. They would make the arch look different. And it was awesome because it was finished and they did a great job. They just didn't leave this big hollow hole there. So if you've got a body guy that actually knows how to use metal and not Bondo, or you're going to need a little bit, but not like fill the gap with, with a uh, fix or what is it? Uh, that foam shit, that spray foam <laughs> stuff and, and hope for the best. You know, if you got a body guy, you can almost do whatever you want. There's some really, really good body guys out there still, but they're very busy. And uh, most of them are doing work that, that is, you know, high end. So you're going to pay for sure. But, you know, if you want to do that badass setup, get with a body guy and tell him what you want to do and show him what has to be cut, and then tell him you want it to be clean. Warping fenders, uh, like plastic fenders, is a matter of just a heat gun and some strength. I mean, you can make a fender look factory again. You could make it look really good by moving stuff, but boy, I mean, you're talking three, 4,000 bucks in body work easy with just fender work, but there, there was a truck, I, I want to say it was called uh, Heavy D or something, and it was a truck Complete Customs did in McKinney, Texas. And I'll never forget it because they brought it to SEMA on a leveling kit, 35s and 12 wides and it didn't rub because they and it looked factory because they opened up the fenders and they and they body they molded the front bumper and made it look longer 
And it was really cool, kind of like a Dodge. How the Dodge, the Dodge bumper swoops forward real nice. That's what they did on the bumper, and they 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 didn't have a straight edge. They took the the part of the bumper and actually welded it to it, rounded it off. It looked really good. So that's a possibility too. If you want to really show out and you don't want to have all the cut marks, find a great body shop. Ask them if they can do the job, and look at the guy's face. If the guy squints and does some weird shit, walk away. If he looks at you and says, "Yeah, no problem, man," I would say that's your guy, but. That's another whole like vortex you can get sucked into is bad body work. <laughs> so really, <laughs> really trust that dude for sure, because you can have some really fucked up, excuse me, messed up stuff if you go and do that route. But that's always an option too for those extreme guys that want the setups but don't want to look, don't want to look cut. That's always an option too. Now, um, as far as like Chevy 1500s, that seems to be the most misguided truck on the planet Earth as far as like wheel widths. Everybody wants to put a wide wheel on that truck and no lift. And God, man, those things, I, I can't imagine how they have to wake up every day and plan the, their way to work or plan their way. Like they got to go on like their phone and be like, I can't make this turn. So let me just, let me just go over here. They go out of their way to make a turn, you know? And the, the question is, can you, can you, if you screw up, can you really make the turn? Like, I can't imagine living in Miami or living in a city where you have to make all these quick turns. Like, Oh my God, man, you got to have some serious, uh, some serious patience to be able to do that. So planning your day around your tire and wheel setup, probably not something I'd want to do, but that the Chevy 1500, not that our audience here is talking about that, but that's the most misguided truck on the planet for, for that. Those are the trucks that are cut the most. That's one of my, my biggest bumper spacer sales is the Chevy 1500. Cause it's, it's misunderstood. And um, you know, those are the guys I see on the road that are missing half their fender or they have a big, big, gouge in their tire from the tire getting uh getting shaved by the front bumper <laughs> oh you got some we got some of those guys who listen they got the uh the three liter duramax and yeah yeah you know that's it, what's really cool one of the reasons i want to ask that question is you know i used to be really brand loyal and i think through like doing this podcast for seven years i couldn't be like that i had to start thinking what does oh. a duramax guy want what does a power stroke guy want i kind of know what the ram guys want um but then in my own kind of personal journey through looking at trucks and, and, you know, just trying to think, okay, which one would I want? I'll see a picture of a Chevy or a GMC and it just looks so good. I'm like, I want that. And then I see a Ford and I'm like, oh man, that's a perfect, I love the way that looks or the Ram trucks. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are new or they're interested in this or they have to buy the truck because they're towing something heavy. And if they're really into customization or they're really into personalizing, you know, their truck and want it to look a certain way, there might be some hidden things, you know, like with the GMs that you went through that you need to think about, um, you know, or some of the other trucks. So I think that definitely helps. And I mean, this doing this episode was so cool because I thought I learned a lot from the suspension one that we did, but this one, I probably should have done like part one, part two, but it's like, it's so we can do that if you want to. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I think the differences between like forge wheels and cast wheels is important too. Yeah. And you know, obviously things like that need to be talked about, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the amount of knowledge that I've acquired over 20 years of, 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 uh, well, I want to say the F word, but of screwing up <laughs> and, and doing some of the things that I, I know that I didn't know were wrong. I mean, that, that comes with, you know, hearing what I have to say and, and me being able to, to say it to you and tell everybody like, you know, these are mistakes I made, don't make them yourself. Or maybe I can, avo- maybe I can help somebody avoid a mistake 
and save save their hard-earned money or or at least you know their their passion for doing this because I, I still believe like I, I see the faces you know that come in my shop and they get so discouraged when they've done something wrong and they have to come in here for me to fix it and it's been done and they just they know they messed up they took some bad advice I hate that and I really want people to to make better choices as far as like who you're trusting to do your work and have that relationship. Because I wish that, you know, they didn't have that experience because all it does is make that person not want to do it again. I mean, think about it. Think about things in your own life where you did something and it was something you thought was amazing and it ended up being a bad experience because of somebody else. And then you never do it again. You're like, no, screw that. I'm never lifting my truck again, or I'm never doing this, or I'm never going to a water park again. What if there's a badass water park out there you want to go to, but you had a bad experience at one. Yeah, but that that resonates. It seems like for every bad experience, it takes thirty good experiences to make make it go away. I, there's a saying about that. I think, I think, uh, I think, what the hell was? I think it was Roosevelt or somebody said that, or Edison maybe said that. I can't remember, but it's it's like the the bitterness of that sticks with people so long, and uh, with people's hard earned money and uh, the amount of uh, love for vehicles now is just off the charts. Whether it's a truck or a car. People are really into it now. They're really into like picking their color, picking what they want. They're doing more customization than ever. And we want to maintain that like, you know, billions of dollars in revenue per year for the industry. So let's just do the right things and uh, make sure those people are happy and try to guide them in the right direction. I definitely appreciate you chatting with us today. And man, I got a whole bunch more stuff to think about, but I think it's, it's so valuable. The things that you talked about, whether it's the, you know, offset, wheel size, the kind of tires we pick, the safety of it, things to expect depending which truck we have, and even options for people if they want to get more custom, they want a more factory look. So it was really cool to chat with you, Jordan, and, and learn more from you. And uh, I'm sure there's something I didn't ask you because I, I hear that from time to time on the podcast. Guys will go, man, you should have asked yeah. him this or asked him that. There's just so many questions and possibilities out there. What's a good way for people yeah. to see you know, what you guys are doing, um, find you on social media, ask, ask you guys questions? Instagram and our website. Instagram is wicked underscore customs. We have a W that's machined out in our in our in our uh, avatar. I guess you could call it. There's a few wicked customs now out there, but we are the uh, official one. And then www.wickedtrucks.com. It's always a, a good way to to be able to see what we do and and understand the suspensions that we do and the combinations that we do as well. Um, you know, so those are easy ways to get a hold of us for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch ba- touch on is, you know, maybe we should do one on a dually sometime, like dually setups. Those are very misunderstood. <laughs> and and it's also another very huge industry now. There's more duallys than ever. So that's something I think an episode would be wonderful about talking about just duallys in general. That and would be using cool. them and whatnot. I think that'd yeah. be a cool episode for sure. That's something we didn't touch on at all. Um, I, I didn't think we'd have the time to do it. But I think a dually episode would be absolutely crucial for people that are new to owning a dually or buying a 350 or 450, which one is better, which one, what should I do, cabin chassis, all that different thing. I think I can provide a lot of information there for you. I'll get that marked down. And yeah, that would be really cool because they used to be just very purpose built. You needed it. That's what you had to get. But now yeah, they've, they're customized now and there's a lot of people picking up. My God, up. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I think I said this in my last episode. I have never seen so many F450 before. And believe me, like I was there when they came out with them in 2001, <laughs> you know, like when the F450 came out as a cabin chassis, F550. And then 2008, it was the, I remember there was an article about it being the $100,000 truck. It was a King Ranch. 
And, you know, and then there's the, the 2011s kind of took that to a different level. And now the 17 F-250, good God, man, every, every, a lot of people have those now. It's, un, it's unreal. I mean, I have a 450, I have an F-450, but I have one because it's one of my markets I need to be in. I don't really haul with it. I can, I've done it before, but it's not a purpose-built truck. You're right though. You know, it's, it's been a bigger thing than ever now with dualies. But, and I think it's something too, I get the most questions on, on the phone because guy buys a dually has no idea what he's actually going to get into customizing it and what it actually takes to customize a dually cost wise and comparing it to owning an exotic car. That's really where duallys are in my opinion. Very cool. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy and you yeah, give us, you give us a, t- a ton of knowledge and everything. So we'll definitely you. be in touch with you soon and chat about some more, uh, well, duallys and some other things. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Pat. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. Uh, if you need something for hunting, fishing, EDC, around the job site or around the house. They've had a bunch of new releases this year, and one of the newest are the Duralock models, which the blade is made out of D2 steel. The way that the blade opens and closes is super smooth and positive. Um, there's also different choices for blade shape and also hand, uh, handle shape as well. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure head on over to their website. Use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate all your support here in Year 7 of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.